You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Hello, Riverdale gang. Hi, gang. Welcome back to our critical commentary watch-along podcast, uh, The Riverdale Gang. Uh, recorded usually on the unceded territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh nations, uh, where much of Riverdale is shot, as well as other uh, peoples of the Stolo River. Uh, today I'm I'm recording from Treaty 8 territory. Uh, Chloe, where are you? I am on Saminus and Sunamuk territory, uh, which on maps is usually referred to as Vancouver Island. Uh, mm. But that's not the entire island of those nations, just the little section that I'm on. Mm. Um, yeah, also my cat is here. Um, you may hear her. She is sometimes our co-host. Is she a different kind of cat? <sighs> I see what you did there. <laughs> you know, <laughs> great cat, but uh, more importantly, Riverdale, which is what we're discussing now. Um, it was mm. so great to see Ashley Murray. Oh, my God. Yeah, refreshing so lovely um just i needed a josie episode and this was a solid josie episode that um sated my thirst yeah 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 yeah. Uh, it was good uh there was a lot i enjoyed about this episode yeah a lot of arts and culture and forgetting that veronica is a teenager um yes we're definitely getting more into forgetting that the kids are kids (laughs) Weird dynamic with Josie. Um, she's older than them all. Like, yes. Which, uh, I think that actress yeah. is actually older than the other actors, but that's sort of meaningless now that they're kind of almost all over thirty. Mm-hmm. It was a little strange watching them change their dynamic with her, but right. in an episode where they weren't high schooly at all, um, it certainly balanced out um yeah just a really satisfying episode of riverdale um smashed together stuff just just weird art smashed together um i enjoyed this episode a great deal yeah um should we jump in i I feel like we're very like it's so good let's talk about it (laughs) yeah let's jump in gang uh and lean right into the watch along side of things um queuing up your recordings of choice for this here episode 17 a different kind of cat uh playing in three two one play ba-doom-ba a nice sinking Netflix Badoom. Us. Does the TV recording version have the Netflix Badoom? Or is it? Oh, I don't know. Um, I don't know. Where does the Netflix logo turn up if uh, it's not actually on Netflix? It's a great question. Because they do produce it. Like, there are there are factors in it. Okay, Betty's, Betty is pouring out her heart. More important than studio licensing. Yes. <laughs> I'm not your mother anymore. Vicious. Um, yeah. I, we are, we really are leaning into, oh yeah, the slap. We really are leaning into mm. more of a, just belch really gratuitously into the mic. Sorry, Riverdale gang. Holy glad, gl- glad to let everyone know. 
in case you didn't notice. Now, Ryan, um, <laughs> can't take a note. That's funny. Um, that uh, they're really leaning into the less teenage-like versions of these characters. I think. Yeah, certainly this episode. We're not at school very much, except as passing setting. Uh, yes. Um, I will say, I'm pretty sure they had dress codes in the 50s, and I'm confident that this dress is <laughs> wonderful on Veronica. Strapless. Past the dress code. Absolutely. It's a corset. Um We were just saying how not high school we are, and then we have the most <laughs> high school moments. It's true. Um, I love Cheryl's look. Yes. I don't know if you saw it. It was just like, yes. you're joking. Okay. <laughs> and Betty doing a little walk of everyone I know is getting laid but me. Yeah. Including everyone who could, I could sleep with. It's a crisis. Yeah. Hmm? I, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. The outfit. <laughs> It was cute. I loved it. Um, oh, yeah. I for Actually, I'd forgotten about this. I've been thinking so much about Josie. I forgot about this business with Sabrina the Teenage Witch origin story that's in this episode. Yes, this entire metatextual side plot. Cool plot. Yeah. I wonder it if it's going to turn up before the season ends. Mm. I wonder. I, it might like, be its like, own sorry, standalone it's, thing. It's... If it's going to turn up, let me rephrase that. If the, the Sabrina Greendale universe, the Sabrina universe mm, is going to mm. turn up. I I feel like that's it. I feel like that's what we're getting uh, this season. We're we're so deep in the ends that I I'd be shocked if they're developing anything quite that deep. Um, rather, I feel like we're going through a bit of a laundry list of of loose ends, um, sure. including uh, you know Sabrina was part of this world and part of the fantastical parts of this world and in resetting um in this setting it makes sense to me that she is uh she is literally a comic book character um in this setting where the literature and the art are the most fantastical things that are setting these kids free um sure. <clears throat> that's the magic is the comic books also, it makes me wonder how much Archie's founding was 100% Hayes Code defined. Oh, yeah. That's an interesting point, actually. It would be an interesting thing to look up. Um, sorry, I was just distracted mm -hmm. briefly by a prop or a set piece, rather, in that scene. Mm -hmm. Someone had mm -hmm. written on the board for that actress, and she just had to fill the last in, and her handwriting is completely different. <laughs> had the other stuff on the board. It was quite cute. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, film problems. Uh, and Betty's, again, everyone I know is getting laid but me. <laughs> yes. Also, I just, I feel like if both Betty and Archie are willing to break so many rules by this why point. Aren't they, why aren't they yeah, just friends Why aren't they with breaking benefits? rules together? Yeah. What, yep. like, it's just a weird vibe. I mean, it's... They Maybe that feels like the one place they can't go. I don't know, but they nearly <laughs> went there. I'm just saying. You're not using your resources wisely, kids. Agreed. Your community oh, resources. Wait, no. Archie said that he didn't want to smooch her Veronica. Mm, you're right. You're right. I remember now. And he's doing his smooching off in, in exploration land. Yeah. With Twilight Twist, who is apparently not a sex worker, 
but must, is a sex worker, but doesn't like repeat clientele. I'm I'm confused as to, to everything this, about Twilight Twist. To me, it seems like she's <sighs> a sex worker. I don't know. What do I know? I don't know anything. What does anyone know? What do the writers know? I love that they've uh, allied Cheryl and Betty again Agreed. because I was always Agreed. very annoyed when they were enemies. It just wasn't as interesting as when they were partners in crime. Agreed. I liked them as enemies with deadly tension. As uh, sorry, as friends with deadly tension. Uh, a few times over when yeah, Betty was, was an FBI right. agent and Cheryl was was a, a art. Um, not for uh forger forger blah art forger oh yeah <laughs> and that just <laughs> never became a problem even forger, though forger. that oh, obvious forger. yep and now she's a photographer mm-hmm. co-photographer hmm. i love I that love betty her. discovers this whole subset friend thing it's like what what can we do together it's yeah. great. It's a generative social impulse. And Cheryl is so keen. Cheryl is living her out-happy life before any of the consequences of that out-happy yeah. life ca- come to catch. Yeah. <sighs> or apparently... Well, jazz music. It's next God, episode. This, this car is so beautiful. I like. I'm not really a car person, but this car is so beautiful. <laughs> Gleaming money in class. Performative mm. money. Of a uh, a powerful and influential woman. I didn't realize you could draw too. It's yeah, cool. it would be fun if my partner brought me a little like cartoon version of me that was that cute. I'd be pretty delighted. Yes, um, <laughs> and I like that Veronica in this world can very reasonably realistically say, "Yeah, publish it." Yeah, um, make the movie. Yeah, get the job. Yeah, get the massive Hollywood premiere. These are all somehow realistic because of the world that's one step removed from Veronica. And of course, Chuck and I being published. And apparently a national publisher Pep Comics being based in Riverdale or something. In the sticks. Yeah. That's entire career. Hello, Ashley Murray. Yeah. It's fun. She suits this role a lot. Mm-hmm. The the real high status is so much fun, especially it's so rare to see Veronica playing opposite a higher status character who she actually respects and who we as the audience also respect and appreciate. Mm, yeah, that's a good point. I guess that doesn't she, happen all that often. She very she's I, like I think she uses that strategically. Um, but this is just authentic. It really feels right. just lovely. Um, I'm accepting the plot leap, the the jump absurdity of um, Broadway star hears about a little theater in a, a boondocks town hours run out of the city <laughs> run by a teenager and puts all her faith in it. But okay, I guess... If you hear Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz's daughter bought and took over a theater at 17 and is doing and and recently hosted a world famous burlesque soloist. Yeah. I guess I guess I guess, I guess 
those are almost cool enough stakes. I just want one precedent in reality. You know what I mean? Like, I think the show (laughs) does a really fun thing where it uses outlandish moments from American history and sticks Mm -hmm. them in Mm -hmm. an already outlandish show, and it works really well. I just want to know about one teenager that had one theater that one time that I can Google. (laughs) That's it. You know what I mean? Yes, I, I do. A little bit, just a touch more grounding in reality, or at least in a contemporary yeah. plot of fiction. Yeah, it's, I think the thing, I think what I enjoy about ridiculous television like this hmm. are things that are completely outlandish, but kind of could happen. You know what I mean? Like, that's what's mm-hmm. fun and indulgent and cute about it is like, well, it could, it's ridiculous, but it could happen. And yes. this to me does not feel ridiculous, but could happen. Yes, this is full fantastic, fantastical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, I, town. I so don't happy. dis. I don't dislike. Like that's just sort of how I feel broadly about it. But I don't dislike it mm-hmm, completely. Mm-hmm. Well, it I gets just us. Forget that they're teenagers, and then I'm like, oh yeah, right, you're going to high school. It gets us Josie. It gets us Josie. Um. I was uh, I was watching rewatching Dairy Girls recently as a nice mm-hmm. background TV. Those performers are around the same age distance from teenagers as our current cast are distant okay. from the ages they're playing, um, which is interesting. It's a very like I, I think it's a very British style to to in um, fully embrace older awkward actors playing like awkward stumbly teenagers um more fully sure. than the the hollywood polish styles the contrast is striking me suddenly between yeah yeah um, I, thought, I thought that they did that really successfully on reservation dogs too actually there's a re- yes. except for one actor there's a relatively big gap between their adolescence and them i think most of them in their late mm-hmm. 20s and it mm-hmm. honestly really worked i really bought that they were teens agreed agreed well they're like this cast feel like much more um, maturely developed actors with a bit of comedic range rather than just trying to play the, the flat dramedy that is, is youth straight. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all a lot more in on the joke. Sure. I, I, I think that's part of this refreshing state. Um, what a, what a lovely photo shoot, Betty. What a, the portrait you're painting of yourself. Yes. It's very fun, but also you're getting away with this. I, I expected there to be a little more like, <laughs> my parents can't see, you know? Yep. Yep. Um, suspension of reality. Betty is under strict observation and has no privacy until it's convenient. Also, I love, I just love this little detail of um, Tony just sort of electing herself Fangs as a manager. Like, yes. here, I heard about this career opportunity. You're going to get it. Let's go. It's so in her it's character. Yeah, it yeah, is really yeah. in her character to look after, to kind of want to be protective and encouraging of Fangs, I think. She meddles in her community to an absurd amount. It's actually going right back to the the beginning of things. Even, you know, she was meddling in Jughead's business, which was her business because he's a serpent. And Fangs is her business. 
It's all her business. Then she took over the, the school's guidance counselor, and all the children were her business. Remember Cheryl's, yeah. like, protege child? What a wild bent. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Gosh, this show has been so weird over the years. As Grundy carefully dismantles her own horrible trope trap. Yes. Um, yep, this is, this is a mature, refreshing take on, uh, on the Grundy problem. I'm grateful for it. Yeah. 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 I, I, although I did think, I think, I did think it was an interesting dramatic choice to mm-hmm. put Grundy and Archie together in season one. They didn't mm-hmm. handle the ethics of it very well until later seasons, I would say. Agreed. Agreed. I think they've seen what they've done. They've looked back and reflected on their past work. I suspect in, this seems informed. Sure. By a by yeah. a rich reflection, but I don't, but, but I don't think the actual dramatic choice to put them together in the way that they did in the first season was a bad choice. I just think yes. that they, it was poor, they handled it poorly. Agre- agreed. Uh, yeah. It, yeah, it 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 was a, a a trope story to tell. Just looking back on how it was told on throughout as an arc. Agreed. Um, yeah. I this perspective adds a lot to me. This this iteration of the story and version of the story adds a lot, which is like oh God, we're completely just redoing season one in the fifties. It's great, yeah, just completely. Cheryl is is sneaking around and becoming rebellious and lesbianish and uh, all that good stuff. Uh, Betty is creeping in her parents' deep, dark secrets and mm-hmm. gumshoeing. Oh, yeah, this is this episode with the bath. I forgot. With the bath. Another yeah. kind of cat. Yes. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God, what a nightmare. Um, But, yeah, I, I don't know that there's been much reference to self-pleasure in this show before this episode. No, I don't think so. Oh. I maybe I the don't joke about so, the cold so shower, but yeah, I don't know. It, that was this season as well, wasn't it? Yeah, it was all that was. Season. That was in in this arc and line of uh, lol sexuality. Yeah. The the teenage take on sexuality. This is all ridiculous, but also fun. Hmm. Yes. I um this season has been has given me a fun layer of look at these social things we take for granted that are actually really recent like awareness of masturbation access yeah. to access to a lot of things and information <laughs> uh, I remind myself that these women probably can't open bank accounts still Yeah, I wonder about that because I I don't know if you've ever watched The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I have some mm. critiques of the show, but there's a moment where she makes reference to her bank account, and I was like, mm. is it 1957? Do you have a bank account? How? When did that happen? Let's find out. Yeah. Um, I'm my you know, my mental work around fan headcanon is is just that Veronica took over the place wholesale, including the business account, uh, and 
just added herself on as a signatory of the business account. Um, oh, this is interesting. I think mm-hmm. that um, women could open bank accounts as early as the 60s, but a lot mm-hmm. of banks and financial institutions had a policy of disallowing women to apply for credit and loans, at least. Right. That said, we're in the 50s, so we're still... Yeah. Mm. Oh, interesting. I mean, it's not the first continuity error I've noticed, or not continuity, historical error I've noticed <laughs> in Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, but anyway, back to Riverdale. Uh, just about time to be done with this poem. Archie can have the embarrassing, embarrassing, embarrassing experience of taking that big apple bite. That was kind of off the cob. Yep. We're all going to tell you that didn't work. <laughs> Have an apple, Tony. I actually think I skipped that scene uh, the first time I watched it because I was so <laughs> uncomfortable. I'm glad we talked through it and I was looking up bank accounts instead of, mm-hmm. yeah. I I accepted that uncomfortableness uh, as what needed to happen for Archie to feel it. I also love that Archie like processes that and doesn't make a thing of it. We move yeah. on. He's not going to whine about his failure. Um, and then we get to see Fangs. Yeah. Jerry Lee Lewising. Yeah. Something I do find weird about this sequence mm-hmm. is they're not really showcasing the actor in the way that I would ex- have expected. Fangs, the actor? There's a lo- yeah. There's like mm. a lot of cuts. I guess we are getting to see him do a lot. You're right. Yeah. Maybe I, you're not right. I, um, you didn't make any point, actually. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, I'm wrong. <laughs> That's what I mean. I, I agree with you that he is not his his music video here is not the focus. Um, yeah. his music is is a diagenic montage. Um, yeah. Unlike the ad advertisory sort of approach, like when we have a, a Pussycats episode, for example, or later when we're watching Josie. Um, mm-hmm. the tight focus that uh, that sometimes sits on them. Um, I'm reminded of in the aughts when a WB or CW show, like a, a, a cheap teen drama, would have whoever this year's upcoming artist they're trying to, to promo as a guest feature. They'd have one song featured on one episode of the popular show, like Smallville, and that episode would be weirdly shot to have a like an overly long music video sequence of that artist who is being promoted. It it's a very interesting piece of of consumerist media relic from the very recent TV features. Um, this wasn't that, but that's a real thing to recognize and anchor to and notice that type of worse we're lingering on this performance bit hmm. <laughs> i love that uh veronica's like he's really good at the bongos he probably doesn't play the bongos but he's about to get good at the bongos to my knowledge there is no better bongo player in riverdale this could be a true statement <laughs> yes that's true <laughs> Um, what a fantastic, bold, spoken word performance piece. Yes, and fun reference to Josie and the Pussycats here. Yes. Um, this is the number, like, 
like they we have we have more Ashley Murray numbers later, but like they spend one whole number on this this poetry reading piece. And I love that. The respect and weight that these different types of literature are being shown and given, along with pretty niche, you know, um collaborative performance arts drumming. Um these sort of arts that don't get packaged and sold the same way. A different kind of cat. Yeah, that's true. Like this is interpretive dance. Yeah. And spoken word. That's yeah. That's reasonably uncommon even now as a performance piece. Um Sure. And what a fabulous choice of piece for the star to pull out at a, a local dive just to just to break everyone's brains properly. Yes. <laughs> this is also the sort of act that pr- no one here really has a point of reference for, I imagine. Um, you know, the, the experience of seeing new, new style art and being blown away by a good version of it is yeah. quite special. That's what I get from this Josie performance. Yeah. A real, a real masterstroke. Masterclass. Yeah, yeah, that was good. It was really cute. Hmm. I mean, can I you do... imagine being? It's interesting though. Again, like we've just sort of forgotten that these people are teenagers because she's just sort of sitting around enjoying the <laughs> the way they've set up her character. <laughs> she doesn't seem like someone who would sit around enjoying adolescent attention. Yes, so it yes, inspires agreed. the idea that they all kind of feel like peers in this case. Yes. And I believe that slightly from this table. Sure. Slightly from Fangs. I think this table um, and the the impressive Black Athena Society and Club that I think really, really seems to make, make uh, Josie's decision as a final beat for her. Um, that, you know, the presence of this community um yeah i i can see her accepting them as peers without realizing they're in high school um yeah because we're not hanging with reggie and julie no (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah for sure even reggie's like relatively mature we're not hanging with archie and julian (laughs) yeah no redheads tonight they have other plot yes they have other plot more suited to adolescence. Mm-hmm. I yeah, this um, is like a good demonstration mm-hmm. of a yeah a student has a crush on you. You say no. Mm-hmm. That is Sh- weird that she then pivots to this. Write <laughs> about pain. You know, teach. <laughs> it's a bit of a weird pivot, but I I I can see her reaching for what's uh okay kid needs to write about something personal um that needs to be as far away from crushing on me as humanly possible bad stuff yeah, bad stuff bad true. stuff bad stuff only bad stuff dig into the pain child truly only bad associate stuff. me with pain it's for it's better for us both <laughs> uh i love this cheryl as well who is just a sweet artist who wants to make art with her friend yeah. and is proud of it. Do you hate it? I can adjust anything. Yes. 
And <sighs> Betty's like, no, I cleared my throat because I indulged in a bath last night. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Silly goose. They have such sweet friend chemistry. Yeah, it's nice. Um, they're a pair I've never shipped, even for a half second. No, and it's absolutely interesting not. that it's interesting. Uh, despite this great casual intimacy of their characters and some yeah. great past frenemying, I am. Um, this is an interesting um coda of the of the censorship plot uh a real i think a realistic sort of take of the kind of tweaks and adaptations that people would have to do that maybe got us to the dopey redhead in the first place as yes. this all-american teenage boy yeah mm. that's a really good point it's a really good point Ooh, i love this beautiful blue sweater on this student that's funny. yeah it's um oh there's some bold colors in here i like mm -hmm. that like the yellow too mm, good sorry away from costuming let's get to the meat of this scene <laughs> oh the intentional um delivery of um walk-on roles to this group of black supporting actors um mm -hmm. the the fact that black athena is the place where we're going to talk with more just random folks who fill out the world um important creative decision uh, of spending your resources because you only have so many of those um in a season yeah. walk on actors um yeah and to, to have your guest star conversing with them instead of your regulars is is a, is a resource spend Oh, there's Charles Clayton. It's funny, the yep. first time I saw, sorry, just to distract, but the first time I saw mm -hmm, this episode, mm -hmm. I was like, Charles Clayton, that name's familiar. He must have been famous <laughs> in the 50s. Yep, no, anyway. instead of a football star, he's a Shakespeare star. I like it. I like it and I love it. And I like that he's clearly connected to Josie McCoy still. Mm -hmm. At least in that they've played leads opposite each other, which is, which is plenty, plenty tension. Yeah. Bad joke, bad little... joke. Ha ha ha. Yeah, it's very good. Um, I also love this thing that she does here where she alludes to the problem of representation where someone says, I mean, thank mm -hmm, you for mm -hmm. being like representing us. And she says, well, I don't. You mm -hmm. know, we're, we're more varied than that. And mm -hmm. I think that's a nice piece to bring into the conversation about representation. Yeah, well, it's it's the the very 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 basic beginning point. Yes. And and this scene is a lovely realization of a a, a more developed, uh, diverse and real world, with mm -hmm. several seasons of work. Um, yeah. It's good, and and that's what sells Josie on this town. That I accept. That I, that I can appreciate and enjoy. Oh, we've got a reviewer coming up who's a local actor. That's fun. Oh yeah. I just um, remembered. No pressure, sixteen-year-old girl. But if my movie is a flop and my career goes out forever, you're going to be responsible for race relations in America. Yeah. No pressure, it, it Veronica. Does, it does feel like high stakes. <laughs> but Riverdale loves high stakes. Yep. And this is this is very much. 
I think as it's meant to be a, a, a an act of trust of Josie yes. in our 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 great Veronica rather than an adult finding a child and trauma dumping on them. Yes, absolutely. We <laughs> love we love the lack of trauma dump. For Lana Turner. No. I wonder yeah. how often that has actually happened and how many roles we know uh famous roles and uh, were conceived or written or created by creators of color yeah i mean or i'm pretty actors. convinced i'm pretty convinced that the coen brothers movie oh brother where art thou was originally written as three black characters in the studio said no I, that is a personal mm. theory but there's just so many cultural references to black mm. culture that are just mm-hmm. it's they can't not know i don't know maybe i'm wrong maybe they just don't know i mean white people can be we can be dumb like that um by dumb i mean like repressive of the truth i don't mean i don't mean we're just Un- unaware Un- unaware or like will like actively yep. yeah not, yeah. You, you get it. You, we're all on the yeah. same page here. Like not to diminish anyway. the. Yep. Not to diminish the racist malice. Yes. Um, um. Back yeah, to the anyway, excellence I, and success of yeah. Josie McCoy. I know who I am. This has to explode like an atomic bomb. Very um, <laughs> period period phrasing there. Tuned in, yeah. hearing my signal. You are going to have a bidding war on your hands. <sighs> yeah, this is I a wonder, very adult conversation. It's great. I wonder if this is our last big hurrah of the um, the businesswoman Veronica. Oh, maybe. Because we're, we're trickling down now. Three more episodes after this. What She'll do something in the in yeah. whatever the end is but this might be the last veronica stands alone and rocks i can't arc. believe we're we're ending i can't believe we're still in the 50s mm-hmm. <laughs> mostly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. maybe they just forgot <laughs> i mean these writers these writers have done some weird stuff on this show maybe they just forgot about the future and the other plot, and we're just gonna just, be in the fifties. I, if we fully embrace being in the fifties and like dismissed with other options, yeah, I believe that. I get that. Yeah. I accept and respect that. Sure. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Oh, great dress. Great dress, on <laughs> Veronica. <sighs> Tis a brilliant idea. Metatextually. Mm-hmm. I think anyway. I think the Archies were in the forties. The the Earth the first Archie comics. Hmm. Oh, I thought it was a little earlier than that, but that is based on information that you told me. So now that you are telling me different information, <laughs> I believe that I misheard you the first time. Why don't I? This dress. Oh, this is really fun. Just so you know, I may have gotten you a suit. Don't freak out. I spent yeah. thousands of dollars. <laughs> I like that he accepts it in good grace, though, and it's just like, 
Yes. I'm pretty sure you're not a teenage witch. You and he honestly does need it. Wear his fun suit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he did invent a comic book character based on her. Like we are at a place of reciprocal gesture, at least. Sure. Um, 1939 is the founding of MLJ Magazines, um, but Archie itself came in 41. Hmm. So, correcting past me. Apparently he's a reference to a, Rick, a Mickey Rooney character, or an attempt to popularize, to, to knock off the popularity of a, a popular Mickey Rooney character. What's the name of the Mickey Rooney character? Um... Do you know? It's okay if you don't and want to just focus on the fact that yeah. he is writing a poem. Perhaps. Uh, Andy Hardy films. Okay. The Andy Hardy films. Which, another uh, cultural parody outlives the original point of reference thing, mm-hmm. isn't it? Bugs Bunny and Nimrod. Nimrod, the great biblical hunter. We now know as the idiot Elmer Fudd. Oh, yeah. Gosh. <laughs> what a silly like... world pop culture is. There he is, David Bloom. Mm. He was in the first play that I ever had in a play reading. Bless his heart. Neat. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's the really stern sweet. critic. Yeah, <sighs> he's such a nice man, too. Like, this is silly. <laughs> but he's good at playing, you know, a fastidious old... Uh... He doesn't have any lines, obviously, but... Anyway. There's a there's a fine I want to say stable of actors who specialize in being sort of unmemorable middle-aged men and old and older men around Vancouver mm-hmm. because that's often that's a role that needs a lot of filling uh especially in a world where where studios are are building more diverse lead casts quite often it's it's a fun little stereotype the room of old men who all advise the president or something oh my god veronica is like having a very big meltdown friends and josie is all like (laughs) i love josie's expression here like okay like we'll we'll fix it this is her first moment of oh i hired a teenager yeah Uh, I love this story here. That she finished her set during a police raid. Fabulous. Yes. Um, no, I don't also... leave, David Bloom. <laughs> Josie will sing for you. Josie, Josie. will sing for you. You you think you would t- wait more than a half a second, having driven hours to the little town of Riverdale? Yeah. I would, I would wait at least tip. 10 minutes for a movie to restart, but maybe, <laughs> what do I know? Uh, oh, this dress that they got in Veronica is so this, great. Um, this is a also fabulous little little thesis statement on the punch and power of live performance that I, I, I feel like has been recurrently stated this season. Um, the The value and weight of bringing a live performance, especially a live musical performance, to an audience priming them ahead of something like a film. Very, very Mm -hmm. interesting. Like, I remember being blown away by the um, a uh, uh, hula number um, 
not hula, uh, a different form of Polynesian dance, but um, uh, that uh, Aulele Carvalho, the actress who voiced Moana, performed mm. at the Moana premiere. Uh, it's it's an ongoing strategy of look at look at the the artistry of our lead. Yeah, and it it's effective when you have a yeah. front person like this. Totally. Um, you may be able to hear my cat purring on the mic, Riverdale gang. Please enjoy mm-hmm. the coziness of this experience. Great it necklace on Josie, by the way. Reflects all of our moods right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This slick, polished performance, which again is a is a, a nice little like sizzle reel for Ashley Murray's range. This this whole episode. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Lost in the song. Lost on the, the high song. note. Yeah. This is camera focuses on the singer. This is contrast to our montage number earlier, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I guess Stylistic contrast. Um, and she's telling a story in that she's telling the story of vamping and standing by. It's very cute. It's very musical theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, so good. Even that, that last smile, that last bouquet of flowers smile to the audience and boom perfect veronica's big scheme pops off without a hitch and she is now besties with a hollywood star yes how nice for her being 16 nice for her uh with the, the the new york and la connection both yeah and they've greased his wheels a bit. What a great expression. <laughs> First, the headline. So she just has his notebook? I just have questions. Yeah, you'd think he would need this. I'm assuming she copied it down. Um, yes. And perhaps it was good. It was excited enough that he was willing to tell tell them. Or Veronica did a schmooze. Veronica yes. did a schmooze. Maybe um, he phoned this into his office and Veronica sat outside the phone booth with a pen and pencil. Ah, maybe. <laughs> I mean, we wouldn't put that past Veronica. It, Yeah. Or assigned Kevin and Clay to do it. Yes. Or if Betty had been there, <sighs> Betty would have just been like, here's what we'll do. <laughs> and Bobby pinned the door shut so he can't leave. <laughs> I'll just listen to him. <sighs> So, this being the last, again, assuming this is the last big Veronica arc, um, Mm -hmm. Riverdale and the Babylonium on the map, she's, she's now playing a whole new tier of, of, of game in the entertainment industry, working with Josie. Mm -hmm. Um, sneaky, sneaky endgame. Sneaky, sneaky, happy endgame for this character, potentially. Yeah, absolutely. As, yeah, what I am positing up there. Hmm. Yeah. Treading water. Secret little happy You're future. Interesting. You're a producer, and everyone will take your calls because your parents are Lucille Ball and also sort of <laughs> Desi Arnaz. Yes, absolutely. That's funny. So mm-hmm. this plot I find completely unbelievable. I even bounced it off my dad. My dad was like, this plot mm-hmm. is unbelievable. Like, there's nothing 
I'm so worried about you being gay because of your poetry that the fact that you wrote a military ode, like, it's, no. I, like, I, this show has done a lot of things that are silly, and this is up, really up there for me. I was a bit, I was daunted by this as well, this plot and this twist and this intensity. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's completely unrealistic. Um. I, I reference the vintage Kevin Bacon film Footloose. Okay. Um, about a town where music is banned because music is has become treated as immoral in this community. Um, I think there is there is a, a real puritanical history in a lot of settler communities um, of literatureless. Um, culture like mm, a lot of these communities have been isolated from um, existing forms of culture uh, for for generations and this this season is in a huge way about introducing this literature and art to the town of Riverdale um, and in um, Uncle Frank here I, I do see like a personification of a resistance against art. That is, I don't think something I personally experienced. Um, I don't think it's an absence of art and what can happen in it is kind of no, in that is what I'm is, is was what I'm getting is how I'm how's I, I'm true choosing and trying to interpret this blow up and this anti literary anti intellectual um, fight that they're having. I believe that Fred, uh, not Fred, I believe that Frank sees sees this poetry as as tied to immorality in some way. Uh, I think we've mm. moved past the, oh, you're queer. I think we moved into a, you're um, subversive. Mm, interesting. Interesting. Okay, yeah. This this perspective on reality is really mm. opaque to me, so I it, mm. I just missed it. So yeah, I no, I and and even coming from coming from the sticks myself, uh, I was a bit taken aback by the the uh, intensity that they committed to his anti poetry, anti anti intellectual intensity. Um, but I think we'll yeah. revisit that again next episode. Yeah. Uh, Cool. We, we will dig back into that at length. For now, um, happy Cheryl progression, happy Betty progression. Yeah, Betty has earned one sexuality. <laughs> yes, and so deserved. Loose ends tied. That's, that's how sex works. We deserve things, but you know. Um, yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, gang, short and sweet. Feeling good satisfied i am satisfied yeah. by this fine episode of riverdale and this fine um fine last hurrah victory rap of josie yeah i also suspect we're not going to see her again i suspect this also <laughs> that's a good that's a good guess Twas good to see her again mm-hmm. bye ashley murray we love you hmm. excited for the rest of your career three more episodes gang See you at the next one. Okay, bye.